0: Brain health has been very popular in the news lately, and this podcast is for you if you've ever had brain fog, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's, CTE, any of these issues. This is the podcast where we're going to jump into the latest research from Dr. Dale Bredesen, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dave Asprey of the Bulletproof Diet, so many other people, all the minds that are really out there paving the way, blazing a path for new research new strategies that are actually working to get your brain optimized and working at its highest, highest level, the Brain Builders Podcast is just for you. So get a notebook, get a pen, and get ready to open up your mind and get back to the person that you were meant to be. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Brain Builders Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John DeWitt, and today we're going to get back into Headstrong and the Bulletproof plan to activate untapped brain energy to work smarter and think faster in just two weeks. Very exciting stuff. So this is by Dave Asprey. So the benefits of brain freeze. Cold thermogenesis is a type of cold therapy that uses cold temperatures to create heat in your body. And we used to use this back in football. You would do ice baths and things like that, and we weren't doing it for the cognitive effects, just how it would really help you to feel like you had fresh, new joints on your ankles, knees, shoulders, elbows, all those joints would feel brand new after you sat in the cold tub for 15 to 20 minutes. So different types of cold therapies have been around for ages. The ancient Romans took plunges in frigidarium baths, large cold pools, and the Norse cracked open icy lakes for a winter swim, even applying ice to store muscles in a form of cold therapy. Is, is a form of cold therapy. So is finish your shower with 30 seconds of cold water, which um, was done in the past and is very good. So let me think here. This um, is something that we have discussed already. I don't think so. So when you soak yourself in cold water or use ice packs to lower your body temperature, your body is forced to create heat. This is called thermogenesis, a process that burns fat and stimulates the release of proteins that burn glycogen, the main storage form of glucose from your muscles. When your muscles are depleted of glycogen, your body receives a signal to increase production of testosterone and growth hormone. This leads to a cascade of positive effects. It reduces inflammation, makes you more insulin sensitive and stimulates autophagy so that your weak and damaged cells die and make room for new healthy ones. There's also evidence that cold therapy can improve thyroid and mitochondrial function. A study on rats found that cold exposure improved thyroid function, while a study on humans found that it increased energy expenditure and assisted in fat loss. Cold therapy also stimulates the release of the neurotransmitter norepinephrine, which helps to relieve pain and signals your body to produce more antioxidants, particularly glutathione, your body's master antioxidant. A few years ago, it was all the rage in biohacker circles to sit in a tub of ice water for cold therapy. That kind of thinking earned... Dave Asprey, first-degree ice burns over 15% of his body, but it turns out that it's not necessary to pack yourself with ice or for the water to be icy cold water. About 60 degrees is a great stimulus for your mitochondria. It sounds miserable, and it is for about 30 seconds, but after that, something shifts, and it feels really good. Cold therapy also helps to tone your vagus nerve, known as the wandering nerve. Vagus is Latin for wandering. This nerve starts at your brainstem and travels throughout the body, connecting your brain to your stomach and digestive tract, as well as your lungs, heart, spleen, intestines, liver, and kidneys. It also connects to nerves that are involved in speech, eye contact, facial expression, and hearing. The vagus nerve's main job is to monitor what's going on in your body and report information back to your brain. It is a key component of your parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for calming you down after your fight-or-flight response revs you up. The strength of your vagus nerve activity is known as your vagal tone. If you have a high vagal tone, you're able to relax more quickly after experiencing a moment of stress. This is an incredibly important aspect of your performance with everything you now know about how your fight-or-flight response affects your ability to focus. Imagine what a difference it would make if you could recover more quickly each time your inner Labrador got riled up. Yes, the first step is to stop riling him up, which we will work to do in Part 3, but it's just as important to help him calm down quickly. It's unrealistic to expect to be able to eliminate every stressor in your life, so hacking your body's response to the remaining stressors is key. Your vagal tone impacts your performance in a number of other ways. People with a high vagal tone tend to have healthier blood glucose levels and a more consistent energy level. People with low vagal tone are more likely to have chronic inflammation, just as it calms your inner Labrador after it has been. Your vagus nerve also switches off the production of inflammatory proteins after your immune system has been activated. When you have low vagal vagal tone, you can't shut off the inflammation as quickly, and chronic inflammation can result. Dave encourages you to try cold therapy yourself, but before you do... Let's uh, offer a note of caution. Safe cold thermogenesis protocols involve gradually increasing your exposure to cold over time. Start off by simply putting your face in cold water for a few minutes. Then if you choose, you can graduate to using soft gel ice packs that won't freeze your skin. And then sitting in an ice bath for up to an hour. This sounds all familiar to the last show we did, but this is just to stress how important this is. You have to be very careful not to overwhelm your body too quickly or cold thermogenesis backfires. In fact, traditional Chinese medicine mostly looks down on using cold like this because it can weaken you over time. When he tried his thermogenesis protocol, he started by plunging his face into ice water for 5 to 10 minutes at a time. It felt great and, it had and he had noticeably more energy. He's supposed to keep doing this routine for about 30 days to teach his body not to overreact to ice exposure, but I only did it, he only did it for two weeks before jumping to the next step. So I know we have talked about this last time. Let's get to the next thing here. Let's get into sleep harder, meditate faster, and exercise less. It's not so much fun to learn how to become headstrong if you're going to have to use all of your free time and energy to make it happen. The good news is that the information that we're covering here about mitochondria not only helps us make energy more efficiently, it also tells us that there are ways to interact with our bodies that save a lot of time and energy. The Headstrong program includes biohacks that improve your mitochondria while freeing up extra time and energy every week. By working with your mitochondria instead of against them, you can improve your sleep, get more out of your meditation, and see greater results from your workouts in less time. You can do whatever you want with the extra time, and your mitochondria will thank you for it. Sleep Harder. You know how you feel when you wake up from a good night's sleep, but do you know why you feel that way? Most people think it's because their bodies and minds have have had a chance to reset, but that's not totally accurate. When you sleep, your body may be resting, but your brain is actually very busy. While you're off in dreamland, the brain goes into a janitorial mode so it can perform for you again in the morning. Your glymphatic system, a kind of intrabrain detox system, performs the overnight maintenance work for you. Think of it as the ultimate brainwash. A lot of people are familiar, and this is something we talked about last time, with the lymphatic system, which uses a type of fluid called lymph to clear out toxins and cellular waste from the body. Unlike your circulatory system, which relies on a pump, which is your heart, to circulate blood, your lymphatic system has no pump, so it relies on muscle movement and easy water to keep lymph flowing freely. For decades, we assumed that there was no such lymphatic system to clean the brain because the blood-brain barrier protects the brain from fluids that travel around the body. Then, in 2012, so only, what, seven years ago? Researchers identified the glymphatic system, which sends clear cerebral spinal fluid through the brain's tissue, effectively flushing out cellular waste and neurotoxins from the brain and transporting them to the circulatory system. Eventually, they make their way to your liver, where they are processed as waste. Even more recently, in 2015, another group of scientists discovered that in addition to the glymphatic system, the brain also contains hidden lymph vessels. These vessels were impossible to see until imaging technology became more advanced, but now we know more for sure that the brain also benefits from the lymphatic system's cleaning activities. The cool thing is that that because these lymph vessels eluded scientists for so long, we were able to discover the glymphatic system while we were looking for them. No one would have bothered looking for it if we knew there were normal lymph passages in the brain. Go figure. But it's your glymphatic system that's highly active during sleep. That's because it takes a lot of energy to circulate. It's cleaning fluid throughout your brain. If your glymphatic system did its work during the day, you wouldn't have enough energy to hold down the job or take care of your kids at the same time. Your brain wisely waits until you are resting at night to spend energy tidying up. This is why your brain's energy production decreases very little at night, even though you're not using energy to think and work and act. Your brain is instead using this energy to clean. Interestingly, your brain cells shrink by as much as 60% while you sleep. This makes it easier for the fluid to circulate through your brain tissue. After they've been washed clean, the cells then return to their regular size. All this shrinking and growing and pumping, get your mind out of the gutter, I'm talking about your brain, is powered by, you guessed it, your mitochondria. You can turbocharge your brain's maintenance system and get more cleanup done in less time if your mitochondria are working efficiently. It's a reciprocal relationship. The better your mitochondria work, the better your lymphatic system can operate, and the better quality sleep you'll get, and the better quality sleep you get, the better your mitochondria will work because they'll be freshly scrubbed clean. Every single one of the hacks that he's used to boost his mitochondria has also helped him sleep better. And sleeping better has, in turn, helped to boost his mitochondria. Bottom line, if you want to kick more ass during the day, you need to get better sleep at night. When it comes to sleep better, doesn't necessarily mean more. Imagine being able to wake up feeling completely refreshed and rejuvenated after only six hours of sleep and functioning well on even less than that when life calls for it. You literally gain more hours in each day to get things done. That's like gaining more time to be alive. He used to aim for eight hours of sleep every night like a good boy, But he was also exhausted because it was chronically inflamed and his mitochondria weren't working well. Now he gets about six hours of sleep a night, actually six hours and two minutes on average for the last 1,284 nights, according to his sleep tracking system. And he has more energy than ever before. When it comes to sleep, quality is more important than quantity. Quality. So sleep is important to your brain for lots of reasons. During sleep, you produce increased levels of growth hormone, which stimulates neurogenesis as well as mitochondrial growth. Sleep also strengthens connections between brain cells and improves your memory by allowing your brain to process experiences and solidify new memories. In a 2014 study, researchers looked at the impact of sleep on new learning in mice. They taught a group of mice a simple task and allowed them to practice it for an hour. Then the mice were separated into two subgroups. One group slept for seven hours, and the other group was forced to stay awake. The mice that were allowed to sleep had significant dendrite growth in their brains. Remember, dendrites are the root-like structures that allow for information to be passed between neurons. The mice that did not sleep exhibited less new dendrite growth. Those new dendrites created pathways where new skills became embedded in the mice brains. Without them, it would be much more difficult for the mice to access the new skills and information they learned. Good quality sleep also affects energy levels by helping to keep your blood sugar stable. Getting consistently poor quality sleep causes a 40% decrease in blood sugar regulation. In other words, when you don't sleep well for an extended period of time, your body eventually becomes insulin resistant and less efficient at making and using energy. You've probably experienced this firsthand in the form of carb cravings and mood swings after pulling in all night, or simply having a bad night of sleep. People who don't sleep well are also at an increased risk of weight gain and obesity. As we know, this leads to a ripple effect of dangerous conditions, including chronic inflammation, which slows down energy production in your mitochondria. Everything goes back to mitochondria, even your snoring. Studies show that when mitochondria are not working at their best, many common sleep disorders, including sleep apnea, can result, and sleep disorders may pose real threats to your health. People who snore are at nearly double the risk of developing diabetes, obesity, and high blood pressure as compared to those who sleep well. If these people wake up feeling groggy or have trouble falling asleep, the risk for these diseases goes up 70 to 80%. Is this because their bad sleep causes poor blood sugar regulation or because they have mitochondria dysfunction that causes them to get bad sleep, which then causes poor blood sugar regulation? It could be both. Every aspect of the Headstrong program is designed to fire up your mitochondria so that you can benefit from more restorative sleep, stable blood sugar levels, an increased rate of neurogenesis, and more energy. And remember, all these benefits are the result of improving the quality of your sleep. With better sleep, you can sleep for for fewer hours than you do now and have significantly more energy. We'll discuss lots of ways to help improve your sleep, including getting the right light exposure and adjusting your nighttime habits to help facilitate a good night's rest, but perhaps the best thing you can do to start sleeping better right now is to manage your stress. Meditation for calmer, happier, and shapelier mitochondria. By now, you understand why the Headstrong program is set up to help eliminate many of the physiological like toxic foods, environmental toxins, junk light, and visual kryptonite. In some ways, those are the easy types of stressors to handle. Unfortunately, psychological stress is not as straightforward and it can really mess with your sleep. We all have different stress levels, but the best remedy That he knows for any type of mental or emotional stress is good old fashioned meditation, or at least a totally modern biohacked version of it. Many people are skeptical about meditating, but meditation is not just another woo woo trend. Researchers release new studies seemingly every day that proves just how beneficial meditation is for your brain. Since he started working in Silicon Valley, he's seen a dramatic shift in the way people approach meditation. 20 years ago, few executives would admit to having a meditation practice. Today, It's such a highly regarded tool for stress management that it's hard to find someone who's willing to admit that he or she doesn't meditate. Many high-powered executives, such as Arianna Huffington, have shared publicly that they use meditation to improve their sleep or boost their performance. Google even provides meditation classes to thousands of employees because they believe it's worth the the effort. The science of meditation may be new, but meditation itself is not. People have been practicing meditation in cultural and religious contexts for thousands of years. But it doesn't matter what religion, if any, you ascribe to. Anyone can practice meditation without any religion whatsoever. In fact, if everyone meditates for just 10 minutes a day, we'd all be healthier, happier, and a lot nicer to one another. The reason is that meditation drives self-awareness. And when you have more energy, it's easier to pay attention to yourself, your thoughts, and your actions. With awareness comes control. So that is... The Brain Builders Podcast today. I'm your host, Dr. John DeWitt. We will see you next time to get more into the importance of meditation. Have a blessed day.